something like every time I mention that I uh, I'm an VFX artist for Hollywood movies. People are like, mm-hmm. then why are you in India? Are you working from home right now? Mm. And I'm like, no. The thing is, <laughs> a lot of VFX movies are actually made in India. Uh, one of the main reasons being that labor is cheap. So yes. uh, yeah, like few of the top uh, visual effects studios, they have their branches in India. One of them being in Bangalore, where I work. Okay. And uh, a lot of people also don't know this that over 60-70% of uh, Lion King was actually made in India. Wow. Yeah, the new one. In Bangalore. <laughs> yes, in Bangalore. <laughs> Hello Seekers, welcome to While We Exist. Today, we have a special episode for you people. We all love action movies, superhero movies, which have breathtaking visuals. A lot of VFX, aka visual effects, is put into these movies to mind-boggle us. VFX helps us believe in unbelievable things. Today, our guest is someone who works in that industry. Hello, Alps. Welcome to While We Exist. Hello, hello. How are you doing? I am doing amazing. <laughs> great, great, great. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, Thanks for calling me. <laughs> for sure. Uh, I hope after this podcast, me and the viewers, we have a deeper understanding of how VFX works. Because we all love it. We all love our movies. Uh, so let's start. Are you ready? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So first, please introduce yourself. What do you do? Where do you work at? <laughs> Well, uh, my name is Alps, as uh, Yasha has introduced me, and uh, I am a visual effects artist, as also something he's mentioned. I am currently working in the animation industry, but yeah, I started my, uh, I started in this industry by being a texturing artist for visual effects for Hollywood movies. I did my education in animation and filmmaking from Canada, and before that, I studied art for three years in India. Wow like a lot of study <laughs> yeah five years of studying art so you've you've been into this since your childhood yes i have i've been drawing since i was a kid because i grew up in an artist family in an artist family wow yeah. so your your parents were artists uh my dad my grandfather my uncle oh, wow also my great-grandfather <laughs> So all of them were, they were VFX artists, what were they? Oh, no, they actually, uh, so my great-grandfather was a fine artist. He was a painter. He used to paint, uh, like, paintings for temples wow. and stuff. And uh, then my grandfather was a graphic designer, and so was my uncle and my father. Wow, so this runs in your blood. Yes, it does. It's like uh, beer and art. <laughs> 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 I, let me mention I'm half Goan, so yeah, beer's life. <laughs> oh, you're half Goan, for sure. Yeah. Beer's definitely life. Uh, my first question was, how did you get interested in VFX? But I think I got my answer. It was your blood. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> so my first question is, it is a doubt that I have. Uh, what is the difference between VFX and CGI, if there is one? So basically, uh, I don't know how to put this in right terms, but uh, CGI stands for computer generated image. 
So anything you generate in on the computer is called CGI basically. So you use CGI elements in VFX movies. So how VFX works is uh, the difference between VFX and animated movies is VFX has like a live action shot plate, like something you capture on set, you capture on green screen or anywhere on the street or something. And then you take the, so we call it these, these uh, videos that you get, we call them plates. So you get these plates uh, and then uh, you plates, shots, whatever, you get them. And then you make all these monsters. I suppose if you're talking about Godzilla, then, you know, Godzilla attacking a city, you're just going to shoot like random people running around. And then okay. you're going to put a CGI Godzilla. So Godzilla okay. is a CGI element in this VFX that is visual effects movie. Okay. Uh, all right. To basically simplify while if you watch animated movies, it's movies like Disney or Pixar movies or Game mm-hmm. movies where it's everything's made from scratch. Nothing is like shot. Mm-hmm. So you just, so everything is CGI. CGI there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so all the movies we see, they can be a mixture of VFX and CGI. All the movies we see are basically, unless and until they're entirely CGI or yeah, they are basically, yeah. A mixture of, of CGI. CGI. Okay. Thank you Sometimes for... it's just like uh, it's it's just random things. Like if, even in a lot of Bollywood movies, like people don't know this, but many Bollywood movies also have a lot of CGI elements where they basically uh, shoot like scenes on green screen and everything, and then you just like change the back of the window to like a uh, LA skyline, and you kind of pre- pretend like you're in Malibu mm. or somewhere, or I don't know. Okay. So, uh... so actually, that's also computer generated. So that's also can be considered CGI. Okay. All right. So CGI is basically computer-generated images, yes. and uh, VFX is the process of changing the visuals what we see. Uh, so yeah, basically vis- uh, VFX that is visual effects. Uh, so VFX is a short for visual effects, and uh, it basically involves like all these things like integration of CG elements in a plate or uh, adding fire, smoke. It could it could just be something like you could just uh, you know add smoke to a cup of coffee that's like lying mm. on the table or something like that. So yeah, okay. that all eventually comes together to form like a whole visual effects concept. So that also has different departments. It involves modeling, texturing, lighting, form, a lot. Okay. All right. Uh, can you take us through the whole process of VFX briefly? I mean, uh, we know we have a brief idea that they have, a, you have a like while directing there is a green screen and yeah. you uh, remove that green screen to insert other elements yeah. uh, i know of this but can you take us briefly through the whole process how vfx fits into the cinematography of a film so basically i could just uh, explain things to you at a very junior level because that's what where i really am i've never been like an on-set okay helper supervisor kind of person uh so from my knowledge and how mm-hmm. i studied in school uh like uh, how much as much as i know is like basically you shoot the entire movie or like wherever depending on the set or the green screen etc so uh, let's just take green screen here into consideration because that's where we are more going to be focusing on suppose you shoot stuff on green screen uh you use stuff like you know you you put these like if you ever have seen like a green screen shot like you know making or something Mm -hmm. you'll only see these see these like black and white boxes in the background yes and maybe just x's or something like that so those are considered trackers so when people like when the camera shoots these films these trackers are later used to put the scene uh in you know like kind of recreate the scene in cg so that the 3d camera and the actual camera matches through those trackers. 
so there are softwares to do these things so i can't like get them technical mm-hmm, into it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh but the actual pipeline of how the visual effects works is uh you start with basically a, an r&d team where they do the whole research of how a character is going to look or you know the story behind it and everything because all these things are the story is like the most essential thing yeah. if a particular monster has a scratch why mm-hmm. does he have why that does it yeah So R&D is how you actually start. Then there is like a concept art team if required. Like suppose if you talk about Star Wars, there is a whole team of artists that sits and draws all those spaceships. And oh, then has okay. to, again, it yeah. also involves because <laughs> Disney stresses a lot on story building, and uh, Star Wars comes from the Disney franchise, so that's why basically they do uh, have a reason why a particular ship looks in a particular way. Hmm. and uh, yeah there's a whole team that does that then that moves to the modeling team so modeling team using all these three softwares and the concept art they get from the artist they recreate the model then goes to the texturing artist which is us that's what okay. i do and then our job is to exactly uh, match the references of like the metal is supposed to look like metal uh, you know you have to make all this glass is supposed to look like glass so plastic has to look plastic rubber has to look rubber and we basically do the texturing okay. for the whole spaceship creature a- anything it could just be anything and then it eventually moves on there are like there's a rigging team that basically takes the whole thing so for rigging how it works is like you basically it's it's kind of a how do i put it uh, in uh, <laughs> like a layman term it's a process where you basically suppose if you rig a character you basically build a skeleton inside the 3d character okay which skeleton is used for animators to move like okay how they are going to move basically how yeah. the joints will be structured yeah. so that okay All exactly right. so it has to it has to actually uh, be like the actual human skeleton like mm. your arm just can't move like anywhere right yes, it has yes, to move yes, exactly in the same yes. way so riggers do build the skeleton for objects okay. which the animators use to move the objects around then it goes to lighting and then it eventually goes to comp so comp is where all these things are put together to look like they are a part of the whole scene wow that's a lot of effort yes it is so i actually try to a lot of to, layers so, basically how this thing is I, done this is literally just the tip of the iceberg oh, there are okay. many more departments like roto paint matte paint and etc which i did not actually go through and cover okay but uh, so you are more focused on texturing which is making sure that the object looks like they are supposed to be yeah because when the, we get the object from the model uh, modeler it's all great so we okay. it's our job to kind of put the color on it be it even a character like i i remember i was in training and i was doing a uh, a character for a super hero movie so i was doing this particular super hero and that is for training purposes okay and uh, we were given like a 3d scan of this particular actress who was playing that uh, super heroine or whatever uh, okay <laughs> so yeah we got like 4k scans of this particular actress and then we had to match everything like you know point to point like she and she had a lot of pores and pimples so basically because these images of 4k you could literally see each and every pimple each and every pore wow yep shit <laughs> that's great work can you take us through some of the works that you've done some of the projects that you've done in your professionally i can only uh talk about movies that were released so my first okay. ever movie in the industry was uh sonic uh i did a bunch of that on props on sonic the hedgehog wow i've and, seen that movie nice and did you like it <laughs> i like the vfx and <laughs> <laughs> so it was great 
<laughs> yeah there was a lot of controversy behind the after the first trailer got out saying that people did not like the original sonic okay i have so seen the original of... sonic so yeah i mean initially the trailer had a different sonic like not the oh, one okay. that actually was in the movie yeah he was like a really thin human like looking guy so they had to go back and change <laughs> the whole thing and the release was postponed by i think 8 months or more oh Yep. Okay. So you they changed the whole Sonic after people criticized yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, after the trailer came out, the production house had to I think it was Paramount, yeah, so the Paramount Paramount producers okay. and directors had to go back and get changed. And we were the main studio that was doing the VFX for it, so yeah. Uh, a lot of work was gone to scrap because a lot of artists who initially did the main props that Sonic wears and everything. so everything mm-hmm. a CG character touches has to be CG too, right? Yes, so there yes, was like yes. gloves, glasses, a lot of things that he wore, and uh, they had to get a change because the entire character changed. Wow! But uh, it turned out to be good then. Yeah, it it was fun so because it was my first project and it was like really close to my heart and it was like oh my god my first <laughs> ever movie I worked on this I went with some parents to watch it and I'm like you know I did that oh, I did shit. that <laughs> when when did it get released Sonic do you remember Obviously. it was fourteenth fourteenth of February twenty nineteen uh no twenty twenty sorry fourteenth of February twenty twenty okay okay last year so right before COVID oh okay great um. <laughs> Sonic. Uh, any oh, yeah. any other project? Yeah. Like after to... that, I I worked like very little on Maleficent too because uh, yeah because I don't know, I just wanted to work on that and my lead was like okay cool I'll let you work on it we are about to finish so I'm just gonna give you the last little bit for a week and stuff. After that, I worked on uh, another movie called Eurovision, uh, which is on Netflix, and then I worked on so my last movie was this movie called Love and Monsters and it was nominated for best visual effects oscars this year wow yeah wow. i really didn't win but it was nominated so i'm like yes stepping stones to oscars i like at least that worked on a movie that got nominated <laughs> congratulations thank you that's also on netflix in case anyone wants to watch love and monsters guys one. please check out all our work <laughs> i have done two of your i've checked out two of your work i've seen maleficent too also but oh, nice. uh, i would definitely check out this one uh, what was the name i'm sorry monster love and monsters love and monsters for sure yeah i know you uh, do... yeah, also does uh, eurovision that's also on netflix wow great Congratulations on such good work in a short time. No, actually, this is very less work in a lot Achha, of time. Okay, actually. I don't. Okay. <laughs> all right. No, just I, I was, I was on all these projects for very, very little, little time. So that's why I got to work on more projects. Otherwise, if I would have worked on these projects for longer time, I would have probably do and done like two, three movies. Yeah. There's also one more movie I worked on, but that has not yet released. So I'm not allowed to talk about it. And after all this post lockdown, I moved to uh animation, uh like oh. for the animation for TV series. So yeah, those things are also not yet announced. So I can't even talk about that. But you're doing some good work. I hope you <laughs> win an Oscar soon. Thank you. That's my dream too. <laughs> <laughs> um. So um. Thanks for sharing your work. Uh, my next question is, uh, I wanted to know about your daily work. As in, does your daily work, the work which you do in VFX or CGI, is it more of technical work, or you need an artistic brain also to be better at it? 
well, it actually involves 50-50% of both uh, because okay. I used to, uh, I used to always think I'm technically quite weak, very honestly. So uh, okay. I used to always feel like, because that's what my dad told me, right? So my dad was always like, you know, you have to sketch more if you want to be an animator, you have to sketch more, you have to sketch more. So I grew up like my entire childhood was just like all about sketching, 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 oh, okay. you know? <laughs> so uh, that's one of the main reasons why I'm a good artist probably and yeah then I studied uh, art like on a professional level for five years and uh, two years of which involved a more of filmmaking stuff okay. uh, and animation uh, so yeah when I started actually studying animation I realized that oh my god I'm thinking, I'm having a hard time catching up with softwares because there's like so much it's like it's like yeah. a whole different world mm. like if you so the softwares we use were like Maya and if you open Autodesk Maya, it's like a different world altogether. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you get to create worlds in it. So that's amazing. And I, I was like, oh my God, how does this work? Oh my God, I'm not able to do this. Oh my God, what is this? What is that? And uh, yeah, that did take a lot of time for me. Uh, but I, I do know colleagues who are like artistically and technically both strong and oh my God, they make a, I mean, wow. they're great artists. Amazing. Basically. So yeah, you have to be strong in both points because it does involve a lot of technical stuff. It also involves physics sometimes, you know, like there is there's yes, this process called think, yeah. simulation. Mm-hmm. So that does involve a lot of physics. Like even the kind of research we do, we I remember back in, like while I was training in NPC, uh, NPC film, uh, where I was working uh, before lockdown, uh, it was basically, we had these assignments for training where they were like, you know, you have to do research of how a particular object is going to look underwater in the desert in the sun and you know you do all these research and then you texture it accordingly and then you submit the file wow <laughs> see actually so yeah there is a lot of research in this yes, you need to is. actually visual have the visualizations of how a, a thing looks under different circumstances yes so you need an artistic brain also yeah <laughs> Okay. I remember when I was presenting my work uh, as a, uh, my student work back in school. Uh, so we had these monthly presentations where we had to show our entire like work from entire throughout the month uh, at the end of the month uh, in a particular theater where like all our lead HOD teachers everyone would be sitting and then they'd be looking at our work. So I had this scene where uh, I actually can actually find it on my Instagram. It's there. I had this scene where there was a kitchen and on, in the kitchen there was like this. Uh, ceramic uh, vessel kind of thing and uh, it was black at the bottom okay and my like when i moved that shot uh, my teacher just went like can you can you pause can you go back a little and i was like okay so i went back he's like i loved how you made sure that the bottom is black because it's sitting at the top of a gas like a gas cooktop kind of whatever <laughs> gas stove yeah <laughs> so i was like yeah you have like, to- that's that's observation yes i think observation is a key here you have to yes, see. observation and yeah. reference is the key. And reference, yeah. Wow, that was a good uh, observation. The black <laughs> thing. <laughs> uh, so, thank you for that insight into how things work for a VFX artist. Okay, uh, moving on. We have seen a lot of Hollywood movies which have great VFX. Like super awesome VFX. Why isn't Bollywood up to that, those standards? And now that you're in the industry, can you give, can you shed some light on when will we catch up? Okay, this is uh, one really interesting question and uh, okay. I would love to answer this. Uh, For sure. So the thing is, um, 
a lot of people don't know something like every time I mention that I uh, I'm an VFX artist for Hollywood movies. People are like, mm-hmm. then why are you in India? Are you working from home right now? Mm. And I'm like, no. The thing is, <laughs> a lot of VFX movies are actually made in India. Uh, main one of the main reasons being that labor is cheap. So yes. uh, yeah, like few of the top uh, visual effects studios, they have their branches in India. One of them being in Bangalore, where I work. Okay. And uh, a lot of people also don't know this that over 60-70% of uh, Lion King was actually made in India. Wow. Yeah, the new one. In Bangalore. <laughs> yes, in Bangalore. <laughs> so we do all their work. Yeah, so basically it's like, so uh, it's easy because labor is cheap. So there involves mm-hmm. a lot of comp work, rotor work and everything. And all these kind of artists, are, you get them a lot in India. Yes, right. And also artists like, you know, modelers and texturing artists, like something that I do. So you get that also a lot in India. And that's why they hire like a huge chunk of people here. And it gets just makes it like cheap labor for them as a foreign studio. Mm, so yeah, basically just makes their life easy. So one thing I have noticed, uh, like, because even like I had the same question when I joined NPC initially. And mm. that's when uh, Lion King was actually being made that time when I had joined. And it was almost at the verge of being done. So I got to see the final output uh, in office itself because my friends were working on it. And I have the same question. It's like, if this work is done by Indian artists, why are Bollywood not providing the same kind of output? So over the years when I worked in the industry more and when I came across people from who also worked in Bollywood, also worked in Hollywood, one thing I learned from them, because I don't have experience in both. Yeah. So uh, one thing I learned from them is that... Uh, in Hollywood, basically, they respect art a lot. And plus, we mostly get uh, our feedback and our supervisors. And this is the people sitting on the top who approve mm-hmm. everything are these white people, basically. Uh, I, I don't know. Am I sounding racist right now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, basically, uh, foreigners. Let's just use foreigners. the term foreigners because they are not all white. Like, yeah, they're not all white. So, yeah, let's just yeah, use the term foreigners. <laughs> So okay. these foreigners, they usually approve our shots. They have the right way to handle these things. They have huge budgets. Actually, that also is something mm. that matters a lot. Yes. They have a huge budget. They know how to manage. They know the pipelines. They have the softwares. They can afford all the softwares. And they can afford the 3D scans of these actors. And everything is possible. And that's because they have these resources. They provide it to us. And that makes our life easier as an artist to a large scale. And uh, if you talk about the same thing in Bollywood, Bollywood is basically, basically like, you know, this is my budget <laughs> and shorter than that is the time. So itne paise oh. mein I need this much work <laughs> and okay. they just don't understand. So mostly, and also one thing I've seen with a lot of Bollywood studios, I remember me and my friend, we both got uh, offer letters from a Bollywood studio, but uh, I decided to not take it up and he decided to take it up. So when I came here and I used to talk to him and I used to ask him like, Hey, how's the work going there? He's like, I haven't slept in four days. Oh, shit. Good decision on your part. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had this thing because I studied in Canada. I had that whole attitude. Uh, mm. And I'm glad I had that attitude. I'm like, I'm not going to work in Bollywood. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Me for Hollywood. Yeah, of course. I mean, I spent so much money on my education. And then I'm going to come here and do the Bollywood kind of stuff. But yeah, uh, coming back to the point, uh, it's I, I think because they are not understanding towards the artists, they are not providing mm-hmm. the right resources. They are getting like, you know, uh, like how in MPC we had like modeling, texturing, animation, rigging, like different departments for everything. So yeah. my friend, I found out that sometimes he used to do the modeling part also while he was a comp artist. Oh. So he's like, yeah, I have to do this, I have to do that. They are not letting me go home. He was sick one fine day. He had a doctor's <laughs> appointment and they didn't let him go. 
now i understand the problem so yeah i mean that, that's not good right that's like, not I, good obviously yeah at good. my workplace i remember 8 o'clock the security used to come and get out i'm like it's just 8 <laughs> 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 it's just 8 okay chill kar like no no leave oh, wow <laughs> So yeah, and plus because uh, all these supervisors were these foreign or foreigners who were on top level, and they had like you know good uh, I I don't know uh, how how would I put it in right words good sense and everything mm. and plus experience and everything. Yeah. So they knew what to approve, what shot should go ahead. Uh, communication skills were good and all those things. I don't think those things happen in Bollywood based on what I've heard uh, because I personally have not experienced any of this firsthand. So yeah, but uh, also talking about when can we get to that stage? Uh, I don't know when will Bollywood get to that stage, but uh, Red Chillies, which is Shah Rukh Khan's studio, mm. uh, Red Chillies has their own visual effects studio, and I think Red Chillies is giving output as good as Bollywood. Oh wow! Yes, Red Chillies visual effects is Bollywood level. Red Chillies, uh, it made Ravan right? Yeah, Ravan. Uh, Zero fan, all these Shahrukh Khan movies. Ah uh-huh. ha ha! They had all of them had good uh, VFX. Yes, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, yeah, like in Fan, there were many uh, scenes because uh, the guy who uh, like basically the guy is Shahrukh Khan's double role, right? Yeah. So the second guy, like the thin guy, I think his name was Gaurav or something, Shahrukh Khan's character. So that guy was actually supposed to be played by someone else. If I'm not wrong. Okay, I should be giving out this information because I don't know if it's true or not. It's just like Suna Sunaya information. <laughs> yeah, but I I read this somewhere that someone else wanted to play, but then Shahrukh Khan is like, I'm the actor, I'm gonna play it. So they basically had to shrink the entire body at oh. every shot, and that is not easy. Mm, like that's... every frame by frame shot for an entire movie because an animation is made by twenty four frames per second. Okay. So per second needs twenty four frames. Twenty four frames. Oh God. Yeah. It needs precision. <laughs> yes. So twenty. So this this is the basic standard that's being followed. Some also go for twenty nine frames per second, but twenty four is like the universal thing. So consider like having a whole two hours movie, two and a half hours movie. Calculate in how many seconds it might be. <laughs> Imagine those many frames you have to shrink Shah Rukh Khan's body in every. Oh frame. God. This looks like a so, TV yeah. show. Also, in many scenes, Shahrukh Khan was CG, which is oh. also Hollywood level stuff. That's something. So it's called con, con, like making a CG character of the lead role or you know whatever mm. uh, the people uh, acting in the movie is called making digi doubles. Okay. So digi doubles is a concept that's used a lot in Hollywood. Like any any superhero movie you see, uh, no, they don't do the stunts. It's very rare where they do the stunts. Mostly, it's all digi doubles. Okay. Yeah. Digi double. Okay, digi doubles. So they are yeah, not digi- actual doubles. They are just a digital double. Yeah, they are basically like CGI. Uh, CGI version of. Yeah. Okay. Have you seen Wonder Woman? First part or the second part? First. Yes, I have. So you remember the part where she jumps from that uh, a huge wall to get the sword? Ha 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 ha. She climbs a window. So that entire shot is CG, including Gal Gadot. Oh. Yeah, because okay. obviously no no actor no can can. do that yeah. jump. <laughs> right. So then, so I think it is used a lot. Digi doubles. We see a lot of things that is impossible Over for even stuff. Over eighty percent of movies yeah. are digi doubles. Like, what do you think, Avengers and like? Yeah. What do you think actually? Robert Downey Jr. did those stunts. No, he didn't. <laughs> no one did. It was a exactly. digi double. 
you guys yeah, I mean, with all due respect to stuntmen like obviously they do a lot of their work mm-hmm. but yeah there's a lot of things that stuntmen cannot do and that's done by us thank you so much for that <laughs> uh okay so uh, i wanted to ask you what are the good indian vfx studios and you mentioned red chilies red chilies any anything apart from red chilies that's i am not a fan of anything apart from red chili not okay. even yashraj fire uh, <laughs> okay yeah i think i think red chilies is the only one that i've seen that gives hollywood level uh, output but uh, besides that uh, like there are hollywood studios that are setting up in india in case like if any indian artist is looking for working in hollywood so there's okay. there's dneg in mumbai there's npc in uh, bangalore there is method in pune and there is digital domain in hyderabad okay all right so these are all uh, hollywood vfx studios mm-hmm. okay so in conclusion uh, bollywood is behind hollywood in terms of vfx and cgi because first we don't have that much budget second we don't know how to respect we don't value and artists <laughs> yes respect and manage artists we don't value them oh god yeah just like let the artist sleep let the artist take a break yeah. like i yeah, i remember let there the was a time when think yeah i mean i i remember there was a time when uh, once my lead came to me and he saw that i was working a lot and he was like you know what just just shut it down let's go grab a beer <laughs> yeah man <laughs> i was like with the work spending he's like no it's okay we are all going to grab a beer come on let's all of us go and then like he eventually left <laughs> i think uh, it's a culture difference uh yeah, but this the, was also by an indian man in india so i'm like oh okay acha these are the exceptions maybe we see yeah. we are seeing a change now but yes um <laughs> this is not this is true not only in your industry it's true in every industry uh <clears throat> the work life balance is not great when you work for an indian firm mm-hmm. compared to when you work for let's say a foreign firm european yeah. or some something like that yeah they value you more so yeah that's true we need to improve on it to get artists like you do vfx for bollywood movies okay uh thank you for that answer uh <clears throat> my next question is let's say someone who's watching our podcast suddenly an interest spark in his mind that i want to be an visual artist visual effects artist Perfect. yeah so uh, you have told us in bits and pieces what you did since your childhood can you give us can you give that person a road map how to start how to get started in this how can you actually be a professional vfx on vfx artist i love this teacher banne mein mujhe bada maza aata hai great very good chance again Okay. So like I I usually get a lot of messages on Instagram asking about how can we start how can we do this how can we do that and like one thing I've noticed in common of, uh, between everyone is that a lot of people just want to get into VFX because they don't want to study. <laughs> That's amazing. And I'm like no 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 no. That's not going to happen. You cannot. Of course I'm like yeah because this does involve a lot of preparation like technically artistically the more you observe because you know as as artists are like one good quality in artists is observation skills right mm, like mm. If, even if you're a fine artist you have to 
observe where the shadows are falling, where the highlights are showing up, and that's how you make your sketches. Yep. And uh, it's the same thing in uh, VFX. When you match something, you have to match it exactly to the reference. In CG, it's a little different, like animated movies, because uh, you get a concept art and then you basically create it from scratch. From so it doesn't scratch, have yeah. an exi- yeah, it doesn't have an mm. existing proof or something. Right. But in VFX, you have to make sure that if I'm making this bottle and there is a crack here, suppose, then in my actual 3D bottle, also the crack has mm. to be right there. Right. So that's how that how it work, uh, works. And for that, you need good observational skills. That, for that, you also need good technical skills because you also have to make sure that glass looks like glass. This should not look plastic. Mm-hmm. So right. all these things. So this involves like artistic thing as well. And as we discussed this uh, at the start of the podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so for someone who wants to get into this industry, I would suggest like uh, at least start basically by sketching because if you want to get into animation that involves a lot of sketching you have to do like stick figures and body movements expression study and all those things so sketching is essential and like for me because i studied art i could use it today here also in the lecturing uh department where i'm currently working yeah uh so yeah you have to have basic knowledge part at least and then you can cover up the whole technical side of it so at least start with some basic art sketching yeah yeah sketching perspective light and shadow all of these eventually come together color theory okay and if someone wants to actually study it after then let's say he has done the basic sketching he wants to study it professionally definitely do what are the what are the top uh, institutes we have (laughs) what are the best institutes in the world uh my college of course (laughs) okay uh I so uh, talking about a few, uh, we are talking about the few best animation schools in the world. Uh, my college has been rated quite a few times in the top ten, sometimes like the best in Canada. I, I forgot about school. the name of your. I forgot the name of your college. Vancouver Film School. Vancouver Film School. Okay. Yeah, there's Vancouver Film School. There's Nomon, which is in US. Uh, there is uh, Lost Boys, which is also in Vancouver. Think Tank, which is also in Vancouver. Um. Yeah, am I missing out on any? The School of Visual Arts, which is in uh, US, that's also good. Uh, but it's good for okay. concept art and stuff because I have a friend who's studying there. Mm. So yeah, there are quite a few good colleges around the globe. So the best way to uh, find out which college would you like to go for any any special or something, or if you are planning to study abroad, because that's my expertise. I can talk to you about mm. that and not something that's in India. Yeah. Uh, check out this website called therookies.co therookies.co yeah therookies.co every year based on the amount of submissions so rookies have its work it works it's basically sponsored by all these softwares that we use and all the studios special effects gaming studios uh, from the industry and it's like a worldwide student competition art competition so it has game design it has 3D it has visual effects it has animation concept art many more things so uh, there are these awards and depending on the percentage of which school has so many entries plus which school has so many winners every year they give out based on uh, this percentage uh, they give out a list of the top 10 schools okay oh so yeah depending if you want to study games then go check out the top 10 gaming schools of that year and right. this this particular source i find it authentic because it's based on the amount of submissions they got from the schools and the amount of winners they have from these schools okay so yeah the more <coughs> people who won from a particular school that school eventually gets on the top of the list all right yeah so this is how we can go about 
if you want to get into VFX, if someone wants to get into VFX. Yeah. That's great. But uh, I think one good lesson that you gave was you have to study here too. Don't be mistaken that there's no study here. Yes, it does involve history of art and that's really history of animation, history of art and that's really fun. Okay. Study has there's nothing like theoretical, but yeah, you do have to for any skill you have to learn subject. it. Yeah. You have to learn a skill. Just have to study yeah, a subject it. basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Got it, got it. Uh thank you, Alps. That is it. Uh you have shared a lot of information. I think thank now you. we know. Now I think at least I would respect VFX more. While seeing everyone should please yes. sit through the credits, guys. Please yes, sit yes, through yes. Credits. Not just for a Marvel movie, for any movie, sit through the credits. Um, any last life lesson like in this journey you've learned, which you want to share? <laughs> oh my god, I just thought of my journey. It's like uh, one one main thing I would like to tell uh, every artist out there, be it a senior artist or a junior artist, uh, be open to criticism. Okay. Some yeah. people just cannot take criticism. Like I, because I take a lot of criticism, I also give a lot of criticism. Every time I come across an artwork mm-hmm. on social media, I have a tendency to go and write and like, hey, it's good, but I think you know you could have made changes and so and so part of it. And then sometimes like some people are like, hey, thank you. Or some people are like, what do you want? Did someone oh. ask you? <laughs> but then also you are posting your artworks in in these groups which are meant for getting feedback. <laughs> And then yeah. you have issues with someone gives you a feedback. So yeah, always be open to feedback, uh, be it from a junior, be it from a senior. Like I, I remember recently I was talking to an artist on Instagram. He's just 20 year old kid. And I told him that, hey, oh my God, you know, I love your artwork so much that like you inspired me. And he's like, me? <laughs> <laughs> so similarly, even I, I feel good when like, you know, people, I, I get messages like, hey, you know, I really love your art and you inspire me to do this, to be this. I read your story. I, I saw your interview and I really liked what you mentioned here and it, it feels really good. So, but and that, and that is at such a young age, which is, mm. I, I, I think it's a big deal. So no, I have I haven't achieved a lot yet. There is still a lot more to come. But the best way to go about things is always be open to criticism because I take a lot of criticism. I think that's why I'm getting better every day. That's one thing I personally believe. That's a very good advice. Constructive criticism is always good. <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh thank you so much, Alps. Uh did you like the discussion? Did you enjoy it? I loved the discussion. I enjoyed it so much. It's like, it was like, you know, just randomly chilling with someone, talking to someone over like a cup of coffee or maybe a beer yeah. or something. I don't know. Oh my That's... God. I always come back to beer. My parents are going to watch this. <laughs> my dad's going to be probably probably like my daughter. <laughs> I was going to, you should be talking about beer and stuff on like an interview. <laughs> Anyways, you've talked a lot of things that you would be more proud of. Beer is just yeah. one thing. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, so thank you. Uh, for all the people, I would be listing down ads handle. You can check her work if you're interested. Please do follow me. I, I do share Please a lot of videos and everything. And I'm soon going to start with blogs and, you know, probably reaction videos to Indian uh, visual effects. Wow, <laughs> that would be interesting. Yeah, I'm going to be starting all of that soon. Uh, that's a plan this year. Uh, so yep, keep uh, following, keep liking, keep offering feedback. I'm always open to it. Kuch aya, tell me. Uh, kuch aya, still tell me. <laughs> we would be giving you criticism as you like, constructive yeah. criticism. <laughs> okay. 
Okay then, signing off. Bye-bye.